Welcome to Echo Sunday Service. We love that you're here with us today. We are in our Enneagram series called YooHoo, all about balancing self and God's word. Today, we are focusing on the head triad, numbers five, six, and seven, and how to overcome fear. We love keeping you updated on how Echo Church is being generous. We are supporting a brand new Echo-like church in the Seattle area, getting ready to church plant in the middle of this global crisis. We get to hear from them a bit today, meaning today's message is just a little bit longer than usual. But trust me, you'll want to stick around to the end to hear a rap parody by an Australian about this very interesting time that we are living in. If you're new to Echo, we'll start with the Echo Band. Andy and Christy will speak along with a few guests. We'll take a moment of reflection and we'll wrap up hearing closing thoughts. And don't forget about that rap. <laughs> Lastly, let us know how we can pray for you. Comment on this video or email us your prayer requests. Let's do this together. And I was Somehow, it's kind of love is who you 
officially followed Siri and I don't see any tower. I'm currently driving through a campground. I hope I find someone so I can ask them. Hey, do you know where the Elba fire tower is? So down there, gas station, take a right. Thanks, man. Thanks to a happy camper at Lazy D Campgrounds. They have led me to the promised land. Mm -hmm. Doors are locked. Never know who you can trust around in Elba. Elba Fire Tower was built in 1933. The stop intentionally set fires. Landowners were burning woodland hillsides to clear them for grazing. Wow. Let's go. Here we are. Got a bunch of names on the stairs. Just passed a Maynard. Yeah, this is pretty intense. I just passed a guy. And he had a killer man bun. I've got major man bun envy. Maybe I should grow my hair out again. Jesus is currently in the wilderness and he is hungry. And that's when the tempter comes and gives Jesus three tests. First test, stone to bread. Second test, jump and catch. And the third one is mountain and kingdoms. Hey Hope, what do you think it would look like to see different Enneagram types as a news anchor? Could be cool, could be stupid. Before a vaccine is available to the public. Wow, I was just reading about the development of vaccines actually. And it is not as complicated and far more complicated than you might think. I believe it was chapter... Supply chain disruptions are expected in the future. Hmm. Well, I have prepared for such an occasion and I have a lot of non-perishable foods and potable water. I think I have enough potable water. Oh no, I don't know if I have enough potable water. I should stop by Costco. Oh, I'm gonna stop by Costco. Okay, cut, cut. Let's take it again. I, I, I'll be right back. Because he insisted on being in the field. Jordan, how's it looking out there? I wanna live forever! Back to you all! 
So someone's a little stir crazy. For our next segment. And in verse five, we see the devil takes Jesus to the holy city and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. Not only was it the epicenter of faith for the Jewish people, but it also was a statement for a man named King Herod, a very wise man, a very, a very brilliant man, a very, very brilliant mind. And he ended up reconstructing this temple and made it absolutely amazing. He ended up filling the valleys around Mount Zion in order to make the temple courts a thousand feet by 1500 feet wide. I mean, let's go back to the temple. The temple was absolutely amazing how it was constructed. There is a uh, stone that historians believe uh, weighed 50 tons. <laughs> 50 tons. Now there's a pause. That stone was not there. It was placed there. It was placed by this man named Herod. I mean, he was a mastermind. Now, theologians believe that Jesus was brought to the southeast corner. It's estimated to be about 300 to 600 feet above, above the valley of the shadow of death. So Jesus is brought to the edge of the temple. <laughs> And he's tempted. Satan looks at him and says, hey, jump. If God is who he says he is, and he has the ability that he has, and the authority that he has, then jump, and the angels will catch. <laughs> and I'm not sure about you, but man, when I am on a high point, high structure, at the edge of a cliff, man, it is hard for my mind to not wander. And, and start thinking about the what ifs. Man, I'm not sure why, but nevertheless, that's what I experienced. And so I just imagine Jesus is at the edge of the temple. And the devil says, jump. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh dude. Look at that. The devil tells Jesus to jump. And if God is who he says he is, and he'll send angels to catch you so your feet are not cut by the stones. And the devil quotes that. And as Jesus is on that southeast corner of the temple, he quotes scripture. And he says this, Don't tempt the Lord your God. Do not test the Lord your God. And I think about the story of this tower and why it was built, I can't help but think about how we as humans, man, we like to take the shortcut. What is, what is the tempter testing Jesus about to see if he's willing to kickstart his ministry? See, I believe that head triad on the, in the Enneagram, man, you're all about the test. And you wanna seek out proof before you begin to follow. You actually want to jump to a conclusion and skip some of those chapters. And what I wanna tell you today is this, life isn't just about the end, 
It's about living in the now. <laughs> it's living in the now. And for the head-driven person, your challenge is to get out of the boat, the boat of fear, and figure it out later. But I, I, I want to tell you this. You better consider who's calling you to get out of that boat. Better consider who's calling you to jump. You should consider what is leading you in your next steps. See, there's tons of truth, but as we know in today's culture, there's tons of fake truth. And what I wanna do here is I wanna introduce you to some new Echo friends. Their names are the Davies, and Christy and I got to meet them as we begin to coach them to plant a church in the Seattle area and they just happen to be in the head triad and I believe we can lean on to their knowledge and their experience to better understand ourselves. And we wanna introduce you to them today because they are two people that are planting a church and you need to hear their story. We moved here mid-March, uh, we got here and then literally the state was locked down a few days after we moved here. Uh, and it's wild because we moved to a city where we literally knew nobody to start a church in the middle of a global pandemic. We, it, it took several years of, of Seattle being a thing in my heart before we actually moved here. Uh, in fact, I'm not the kind of guy at all that would just have you know, one dream about something and then change our whole life based on one dream. But over the last couple of years, I've had seven dreams about Seattle. And so I think around dream number five or six, I was <laughs> like, okay, okay, God, we, we may have to leave behind a great life in San Diego. We'd had five years of building a campus, it was phenomenal, we had a great team, lots of people coming to church on Sunday, a $10 million building, scholarship for our kids, a home that we'd loved, that we'd renovated. It wouldn't, it just does not make sense to leave all that behind. We loved our church, love our pastors. They're still our pastors today. And so to leave really a phenomenal situation uh, to go to something better, you know, you've, you've really got to hear from God because it's easier to leave something behind when, when things aren't good. It's easier to, you know, leave church or leave your job when things aren't good because then you've got less to lose. But when you've got everything uh, kind of going really well, it actually makes it, it's a whole lot more risky. It's a whole lot more, uh, you got to really know it's from God. And just practically to answer that question too, Andy, I think we are big on, you always want to be people that are sent, not went. And what I love about the kingdom of God is that when you come underneath somebody else's authority with our pastoral leadership of our pastors, that was something we were able to submit to them and get release on, which to me is like awesome because then a whole bunch of people have to hear from God. It's not just on you. And another thing about to encourage even some of the single folks listening, why it's so important to find your spouse in the house, to be married to a man or woman of God that hears from the Holy Spirit is we were actually able to confirm that calling in each other. I mean, full disclosure, I wasn't big on the Seattle train right off the get-go it was something God really had to do in me but I think for Drew there was a confidence knowing that God hadn't just spoken to him but to his wife as well and as it's such a great thing to be able to confirm the voice of God in each other so a couple of practical things there as well that will help so as a five and a seven I mean really what do you what do you feel like the Lord did on your heart or on your mind really uh, to get you to make that first move and this is going to sound simple, but it was profound for me. I think I really had to go through a journey of God asking, Emma, do you really trust me? Is this stuff that you understand something you can lean on? Can you put weight on the understanding? And that was actually really challenging for me because it's as simple as, Emma, do you really trust me? 
Um, and when you have a concept in your mind of that is very different to when you actually have to lean on it with every bit of you. Um, and I think for me, faith, it's interesting, always is harder than wisdom. You need both. Well, it's like a right and a left hook. But I find wisdom I can control a little bit more. I feel like it has a little bit more of an equation to it. But when you lean fully into faith, you really have to, to end up like, do I actually trust God is who he says he is and his promises are what they say they are? So that's really what God's been doing in me. Like, what is my foundation? If I'm built on a rock, then this storm's going to come and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to pass the test of time. So that's kind of what's been going on with me. Like, am I really a Christian? Do I really, am I really a believer? Yeah. I love that. I know one thing with sevens that I've learned, you know, you love adventure. You love having fun and creating fun and like you walk in a room and you can read a room and all of that. But one thing that I've learned about sevens is that you don't like for you to like have closure or to walk away from something is a really big deal. You know, like you crave like new, but even like the commitment to your previous church or your pastors, your community, the women that you invested in. Um, One thing that I think is different between being a kingdom person and a person of the world is we are taught that pain is a bad thing to lean away from. And one thing about a seven, which was quite enlightening to me, I was like, wow, I spent a lot of time trying to avoid pain, which is interesting to me because I don't have a problem with conflict because I like adventure. I feel like I lean in a lot. But then I realized there was this thread my whole life where I would only lean in if it didn't cost me certain things. Like I, It was actually a fear of control or letting go. And um, moving away from San Diego, just transparency, transparently literally killed me and I know that sounds really dramatic but I literally felt like I died inside but I say that actually because I had to lean into that feeling and uh, you're right sevens generally don't like the end because it it's the transition period I think I don't think we ever do things sometimes a seven long enough to see the whole game but I had to really walk the process out and I couldn't lean away from the process to truly transition into my next season I had to lean in all the way and it cost me so much but you know you've heard the saying at the end of me came the beginning of faith and the beginning of Jesus. So just to encourage every seven out there, anyone that thinks with their head, I think this is a necessary process and don't be scared that it hurts. Just because it hurts doesn't mean that God's not in it. God works through the pain and to get you to a place where I think you can really trust him in the process. I I kind of, when when you're saying that too, I think of uh, the Old Testament story of Gideon and his pursuit of, of having the full picture before moving. Drew, would you speak to me about that? Do you feel like you resonate with a Gideon at all? Or I mean, I feel like for me, the Seattle thing had been in my heart for like five years plus. And so for me, it was like a really long time coming. God, I don't know if we would have moved without those seven dreams. I just don't know. Like I think that because life was so good for us with everything we'd had going on and so comfortable in many ways that, you know, why would you leave that behind? Um, you know, to no. your point, I've never thought about that. Gideon probably was a five, actually. But to, I love that God speaks to us how we receive it. And I think it was right in that situation because I think that's the, that's the wrestle that Gideon had to go through to get out. And I think, to Drew's point, his fleece was the dreams. It was something tangible, something that spoke to him about the voice of God. So I think, I think that's something worth thinking about too, that God will speak to each of us differently and will give us what we need in that season. No, another funny story. You probably don't want to put this on the, on the episode, <laughs> but just a funny thing that happened was... Um, I was at uh, at church one day. It was like a weekday, and I was um, at Central Campus, and I was just really wrestling with God. Like it was a real wrestle. I was like, God, I don't, I don't really want to go. I don't, 
but I do, but I don't. Like, you know, and I said the cliche, every Christian's done it, the cliche, God, give me a sign. God, give me a sign then. I was just wrestling with him. And then I walked out of the restroom and I walked through the auditorium of the central campus. And I'm not joking. I took a photo of it. Uh, For some reason, the tech guys were in there and they had a picture of Seattle on the LED wall. Uh, and I'm and I'm like, that is that Seattle? Uh, I was like, I walked up to the, to the booth and I was like, what city is that on the screen? They're like, oh, it's Seattle. I'm like, why have you got it on there? Like, I'm just like, why why have you got it on there? And they're like, well, it's just a relaxing picture. And they had rain, like the sound effect of rain. I don't know why. It's weird. Te- tech people are weird. Uh, but but we love you. But we love them. We love you. Come be a sound man at my church. Um, no, but like, uh, but I was like, man, what the heck? Like, I'm just. Like I'm literally wrestling with God. I walk out into the and, and I didn't have to walk through the auditorium. I could have walked down the back hallway, but for some reason I walked through the auditorium. And then they had of all the images they had, they had a picture of Seattle on the flipping screen. So I was like, <laughs> God did not make Gideon walk around um, a city seven times. Instead, God spoke to Gideon and kept on pressing. Yeah. You know, just as you're talking, I was just thinking. You know, like walking around the walls was such a. Um, offensive like the difference between offensive and like defensive with God like sometimes breakthrough looks different like sometimes we think it's a violent thrust forward to break through but for us it's been a surrender it's felt very gentle it's crazy that the biggest breakthrough has come from the most seemingly weakest stance that we can have where we're reduced to just trusting God you know I want it to be the charge ahead because I'm much more comfortable with that but it's had to be a lot more like this not this it's but much more like this in this season it's interesting isn't it Let's talk about the head triad, starting with the number five. Fives are wise, you are curious, researchers, thinkers, and you are self-reliant. Fives can be really good at standing back and observing situations versus participating in them. Fives remember everything. You have controlled emotion. One thing I admire about you is that you don't use your emotion to manipulate others or situations. Fives are students for life. You are always learning and growing. And once you've mastered something and become a specialist, you move on to the next thing. Fives are not flaky. You're very reliable. If you know a five, try not to ask them if they're okay over and over. Because guess what? If they're not okay, they'll let us know. Fives also typically aren't that big of a fan of hugging, so let's give them some space. If you are a five, I want to make sure that you have a safe person or someone that you can rely on. And remember, not all sound wisdom is found in your head. It can also be found in relationships. And don't forget to ask God what he thinks about situations or things that you are needing help in. Because guess what? He is beyond all the head knowledge that you have. Let's talk about our sixes. Sixes are loyal, you are faithful you are thoughtful, and you're always prepared. If you are a six, I want to challenge you to not fixate on what can go wrong. Instead, shift that perspective by asking God what can go right. Also, be present. Don't get so fixated on the past by getting caught up in the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Be present and look ahead and be confident in the things that God has equipped you with. If you're in a relationship with a six, 
Be careful with the words that you use, such as don't say things like, you're being ridiculous, or you're worrying too much, or why do you always do this? Instead, let's speak life, because ultimately sixes, they are looking and seeking for security. That is their foundation. So let's help them by speaking those things into them. If you are a six, I wanna encourage you today to be as loyal to yourself as you are with others, to look at yourself the way that God looks at you. Because remember that God is for you, he is not against you. Let's talk about sevens. Sevens are adventurous, you are joy-filled, you are fun and enthusiastic. If I could tell you one thing today is to not be afraid to feel all the things, to dig deep because we know that sevens have a depth that is so deep in so many details that we don't even see. So don't be afraid, sevens, if you are going through a hard time right now to stick in that season, to stay in the pain, because otherwise you'll miss those opportunities for growth or the lessons that God's teaching you. So if you can't feel it, you can't heal it. Don't forget those things. Sevens also have a fear sometimes of being trapped or feeling suffocated. I know that life isn't always fun. So the things that God's given you, the responsibilities in your life, whether it be your marriage or your career or your family, to stick with those responsibilities and to stay in it. If you are in a relationship with a seven, one thing that we can all do is learn to be a little more adventurous or to have fun. So yes, it's championing them on those days where they just want to go on an adventure. Let's do it because why not? But also help them be accountable to their dreams that they have or the things that they've started to finish them. And don't forget sevens, that God knows you, that he loves you, and that he will show up for you on the good days and the bad days. So don't be afraid to lean on him. Here we are. I'm walking down the stairs. Each stair has a name. Up to that point. And then after that, it's time for us to put our name. What I believe to be etched in the history, there is no shortcut. It is not a safe road. There are no road maps, but there is a compass. His name is the Holy Spirit. God sends a helper for us to move beyond our own fear, our own concern, and to navigate into the unknown world. I think as individuals, we need to be less concerned about looking for the proof that God exists. And we need to step out of the boat. We also need to realize that our fear, although we may sense it, we may feel it around us, that action will defeat that fear. I also think for us to truly navigate as individuals, healthy people, we need to begin to access the pain that we experience on the journey 
be people that are authentic. Not, a, not allow the fear of future pain to stop us from taking one step at a time. I mean, think about Jesus. He, he's sitting there at the edge of the temp, temple. The tempter is saying, jump. And Jesus is overlooking the valley that one day he would be walked through that he would have been betrayed in the valley of the shadow of death that, that Jesus himself would have to walk through and overcome in the future. And if Jesus were to jump now, maybe he could jump over that valley and be the earthly king that he wanted to be. But instead of just taking the roadmap and following the Satan, the tempter's advice, he decides to submit that fear, that anxiety, that desire to have proof. And he's faithful with taking one step at a time, trusting that God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. What did God do? God led his own son to the cross so he would overcome shame he would overcome fear and that he would continue to lead us step by step today I want to encourage you to join me with this prayer as you surrender your life to God once again and simply make this verbal proclamation that you put your trust in God. Jesus, I surrender. I may have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I believe that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Lead me and guide me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. And Jesus, today I lift up those who are struggling to take a next step. And I pray that you would bring assurance. God, you would lean in and you would whisper. Whisper that they are good enough, that they have what they need, and that they serve a God that will walk with them. In Jesus' name.
Thank you that you care about us and that you guide us and shepherd us to be who you've called us to be. You are awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you prayed that prayer surrender during the message for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you text the word rescued to 97,000 or would you email us? We want to connect with you and help guide you in the next steps of your faith journey. Now, Pastor Emma said earlier that it's okay to lean into the pain. Just because it's painful doesn't mean God isn't in it. Now that is wisdom right there. You know, when I listen to the Davies, I'm starting to think that God might have an Australian accent. It seems like everything they say sounds wise and profound. Now at Echo, we give monthly to help start new churches. Above and beyond that, we are given $1,000 to support the Davies as they start Hope Village Church. And we'd love to see you guys come alongside us and help support them. We believe the local church is the hope of the world. And it's through your generosity that we're able to make a difference. You guys are amazing and make it a huge difference locally and around the world. At Echo, you can give two ways. You can text the amount you want to give or you can go to our website. If you're able and have the means to give, would you please do so? And if you don't and you have a need, please don't be afraid to ask. Now, a next step I want to continue to encourage you make sure you're listening to the Echo Church podcast. There is more content coming out than ever before. They are hilarious and they will change your, change your life. Big shout out to all the fives, sixes, and sevens out there. We are so grateful for you, all you bring to the table, and all you do. Life is better because of you. You guys are awesome. Now, instead of hearing an amazing joke this week, we've decided to leave you with a music video that we promise will make your day. Have an awesome week, everybody. As I wake in my bedroom on my quarantine bed, I take a look at my wife and realize she's upset because I've been locked up inside for so long. Watching Tiger King until the break of dawn And I ain't got too much CPO, I can't return it Just wanna go out to the park, you know that's unheard of All we do is go out walking, walking and talking My wife and my homies, we just walk and talk Another Costco trip, yo, I gotta go As I go, I buy myself another flat screen, yo My wife has a goatee, I just wanna be set free On my knees in the night, six feet apart in the street light Been spending most our lives Living in quarantine paradise Been spending most our lives Living in quarantine paradise Keep spending most our lives Living in quarantine paradise Keep spending most our lives Living in quarantine paradise Look at the situation that I'll be facing I can't go into my church It was closed overnight So I gotta be down with the live stream all these preachers preaching sermons in their skinny jeans. I kind of feel like the blessing is the new oceans. I'm a healthy kind of dude, exercise on my mind, resistance bands in my hands as I eat apple pie. I'm a yoked out father, snack eating gangster, Uber eats running late, that would arouse my anger. Oh, death ain't nothing but a cheesecake away, I'm eating everything I see, I'm fatter every day. I'm baking cakes now, or will I bake another 20 for the way things are going probably so. Been spending most our lives living in quarantine paradise. Spending most our lives living in quarantine paradise. Keep spending most.
yeah, I just had one question I was thinking about for Drew. So Drew, were you really like a musical prodigy as a kid or is this a genius that came on more later in life? Um, yeah, I was actually the Justin Bieber of Australia. No, I wasn't at all. This is a true story. I asked Drew, would you rather, if we don't find musicians before we start this church, would you rather me sing or play a CD? Guess what he picked? He picked the CD, people. I feel like the Holy Spirit has been telling telling me and Echo Church to, to be one of the first churches to invest in you. you. Not only will we do that with our Echo Payback or our, our ARC Payback, but we want to invest uh, today a thousand dollars into your church plan as you are just beginning your your fundraising uh, process and then as people are watching this i want to inspire them to match that beyond what echo's willing to just give right out of the bank and so i hope uh that someone else watching this could could uh, also throw a thousand dollars to invest into your church the hope village so then there would be a life-giving hilarious joyful uh, dessert eating church uh, that's making a difference in their area so uh, thanks that means so much to us guys I mean it's one thing to tell someone that you believe in them or you're praying for them but it's another thing to actually really invest in them so that, that means so much to us and we know you guys believe in us but the fact that you're willing to go ahead and invest in us is just massive we just love, love you guys and appreciate that so much yeah, we're, we're two believers in the power of seed. And to me, it's not even the, the money, it's the fact that you guys are giving a seed to multiply here. And, you know, just so every giver knows, like, uh, you know, we're gonna be faithful stewards of that seed and we're gonna see that multiplied and hopefully we'll be able to bless you as you have future church plants out of Echo in the future. It's gonna be cool. I love kingdom, it always multiplies. Amen. Amen. I just think too, one thing when I hear you guys speak and when we connected back in February, I just think that, and I told you this, that you are the answer to people's prayers in your city and we cannot wait to hear the stories that come out of Hope Village and that are coming out of it right now. And I just think of the word contagious because I think it's so easy for people, and I know it, I have conversations all the time where they can hear a pastor or hear Annie and I speak or you two share your God stories or the Holy Spirit speaking to you and going, that's really cool that that happened to them, but that would never happen to me. And what I hear is the, how con, it's contagious when people hear stories like what you guys are sharing and just being a light and bringing joy and having fun. People start asking God big questions and saying, what, what do you want me to do, God? Or what, can you give me a sign? Can you wake me up in the middle of the night? And I fully believe that God is just waiting to answer those prayers and answer those questions for people. And so...